Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yank Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me as usual. And Leland, let's start with what everyone in Augusta County and frankly around the country is talking about, JMU softball. We were very confident in saying last week that JMU, anything else is icing on the cake. They're probably going to lose to Oklahoma. Just have fun. Well, then they went out and beat Oklahoma in the first game. I was so happy to be wrong. They went out and won that first game against Oklahoma, and it was awesome. And, And then they go out in the second game, and they beat Oklahoma State with the play that kind of, because I think really the, the rest of the country paid attention after you beat Oklahoma, right? You, you beat what some people are saying is the best softball team ever assembled. So you beat them in the first game. Then people are like, oh, okay, hello, JMU. And then you see Odyssey Alexander not only pitching a gym to beat Oklahoma State, but making the uh, suicide squeeze attempt by Oklahoma State to try to tie the game. Picks up the ball, fields it perfectly, charges immediately, fields it, dives and tags the runner out going to home and then gets the outs needed uh the other two outs needed to get out of that inning without giving up a run that helps JMU win that game 2 to 1 and then every then twitter and everything explodes with JMU and Odyssey Alexander love it was and it was awesome and deserved like she's a great player uh and really got to show herself and display that uh this weekend that play being a Steelers fan i was like that that is like a Troy Palomalu type of play. Like that's what I like, just the athleticism and just like the reaction, athleticism, everything in one split second on display. It was just amazing. And I, the noise I made when that happened, you know, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Announcer in the living room and I'm like, say what the announcers say before they say it. When she made that play, I just kind of grunted because I was like, Oh, like, what did I just see? Like, I don't know if I've seen this play happen before in this sport that I love so much because I mean, I, well, one, I'm watching baseball and people just aren't that close to plays being happened like that. Um, it was just awesome. Just a great play. Uh, seeing other people that aren't JMU fans say that's the best play we've seen in the college world series ever. Like makes me like, Yes, that that was I agree that that was the best. Like it makes me thought think I wasn't overstating it in the moment. I mean, it was just incredible. And then for her to compose herself, come back and get that final out. Just it final just two outs. That was only the first out. It was the final two outs. Yeah, yeah. And bases were bases. Runners had scored on uh, second and third right there. Two runners in scoring position, and they got out of it. It was incredible. Just incredible turn of events. Uh, I was really upset with the call right before that that mm-hmm. has gotten swept under the rug because JMU took care of it, and that's the way you got to handle it. You know, they make calls. There was contact, uh, and they called the obstruction. I thought it was a weak call, but there was contact there. So you move on. You live with the call. You got to move on. Even if even if there was no contact, they made the call. You got to move on. And they did that. And that's what I think is one of the things I'm most proud of JMU through this incredible run is the adversity they battled through and and nearly all of it battled through it in a winning way and, and did well and, and performed it the, uh, the way they wanted to perform. Did it end up where they wanted to? No, but you absolutely maximize what you could do. I said to you after they beat Oklahoma, it's going to be tough to make it through this weekend without a second pitcher. And um, that proved to be true. I hate that I was right about that aspect, but Odyssey was still better than I even thought she could be. And I thought she was great. 
I thought she was CAA player of the year. I thought she was one of the best players in the country. I thought she was one of the best pitchers. She even showed me more. And, and I thought she was great three years ago when she was pitching behind Megan. Like I, I, I think I knew what she was and she still topped that. And she still was better than that. And for her to handle the attention, the fame, the way she did, I, I just so impressed with her as well as the rest of the team. I mean, Odyssey's getting all the attention because she's in the circle and she deserves it. But the whole lineup produced Kate Gordon hitting home runs when they were needed. Um, Jubas, all I mean, I, I can list off all these guys. The the uh, the energy that Meeks brought to the table, the bottom of the lineup getting on base when they needed to, so that the top of the lineup could do something with them. It, it was just a great show of softball. The fact that they're the only CAA team to ever make it to the Women's College World Series, super. Uh, first non-seeded team to win the first two games, awesome. And it's just, it's going to lead to so much better for this program. Yeah, and... Um, it should. It very well should. Yeah. So, for me, I know, I know when that play was made, I had been sitting there and I was talking to a friend uh, who was also watching. And um, we had just had a conversation about... Um, I'm ahead of him, so I need to not react. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. And so then that play happens, and I just scream, bleep, yeah, bleep, yeah, bleep you, <laughs> Oklahoma State, you bleeping losers. And he goes, so I take something good's going to happen. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. And he sees the play, and he goes, okay, I get it. Um <laughs> But yeah, so it, it, just, it was a fantastic play. And in the moment, I was kind of, you know, I, my first reaction was that's got to be the best play in JMU softball history. And then I was thinking and I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen a better play in JMU sports history, period. And yeah. so, I, I mean, I, I know I put that on Twitter and you commented, you know, after thinking I, I about it. I agree with you for an hour. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> that you agree. And I, I just think. I think it's hands down. I, I just I I remember the re- most recent national championship. I don't I can't think of any play that would be in the realm. Maybe the field goal that beats North Dakota State, but I, I just don't think I, I think this was better a better play than that. That's a kick that happens all the time. Um, this kind of play doesn't happen all the time, and where it happened in the stage in the moment of the game, what it meant to win that game. Dude, because if that doesn't is, happen, that game John probably Elway goes into exit. flipping into the end zone. Yeah, if that this doesn't John happen. John Elway this... flipping into the end zone to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's that's the level this is for that sport, for the school, for this athletic department. Like, that is a, that's a premier moment, period. So, I, I agree with you there. And I, I think, for me, I was like, yeah, I think that's the best play in JMU sports history. Wow. Um I think she's one of the best athletes in JMU sports history. I think I'm not going to say the best because you can make the going, argument. I you mean, can you make like, the argument, but you're, yeah. it's, it's a debate, right? It's not yeah. unlike the play. I think it's up for debate. I, I don't think the play is up for debate. I think it is the best play in the history of JMU sports. Sure. Um, I, I, there is a debate. Charles Haley, Gary Clark. Uh, yes. That come to mind. Um, Don Evans. Don Evans is who I brought um, up, yeah. And then, um, but I will say, coming in even, like after the regionals, people were saying, Odyssey Alexander's the best softball player in the history of JMU. And at that moment, I was like, uh, Megan Good was pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, after the super regionals, I was like, you know what? I can see the debate now. 
And then after beating Oklahoma in that play, I was like, uh, no offense to the people in the local area here. No offense to Megan yeah. Good, but Odyssey Alexander's the best softball player in the it, history of JMU. It's just, it's and just some a fact. Of that, and some of that's the winning. I mean, it, it, it like whether we like it or not, that's why Michael Jordan's better than LeBron, and we will touch back on that this <laughs> in this podcast. Uh, you know, it is where you achieve, like where you take your team to, when you put the team on your back, where you get them to. And not that Megan fell short. I mean, she was great and got them far. And LSU, that super regional at home and, and other series. Then the next year, uh, was that where they go to? Uh, yeah, Michigan. So, and then UCLA. So, like, she did so much. It's not a disrespect to Megan. It's just the fact that the things, other things fell in line for the team to advance, and it, it puts Odyssey ahead. And I don't think either of those players would argue with each other about that. And but and both like they're they're the two best, and Odyssey has it now, and that, and that's awesome. And uh, I love that Megan was active on social media and talking about how great that was. You know, it's just it's it's cool to see. I like seeing the JMU players in the alum into it. Uh, I didn't like seeing Oklahoma's uh, players over there. I, I got, I got tired of seeing them, but um, especially on Saturday, but uh, it was, it was just a great weekend. All, all I did was watch softball this weekend. If I turned the TV on, it was watching softball. I was watching both, both sides of the bracket, the losers brackets. JMU had Saturday off. I was watching softball still. Like it was just awesome. Um, it was such a special special weekend. And, and I just didn't want it to end. I really wanted to watch that championship series. And I think most years, honestly, I probably turn it over to the championship series. I don't know if I can tonight no. and, and these next couple of nights. Cause it's like, it's, it hurts that Oklahoma, like I don't want to watch Oklahoma play because JMU was better than them in, in one game and, and battled them the rest of the way. And they really proved themselves to, to be at that level. And it, it, it hurts a little too much. I think to instantly watch it. I'll pay attention to who won, but I don't know if I can sit and watch it. Yeah, and and look, I think I think what you saw in the other two games is just the depth that Oklahoma has. It's it's the collection of the team. I agree. It's the depth. JMU JMU game one won that game because it's fresh, it's early in the tournament, and everybody's fresh. Then you get deeper into that tournament. And all of a sudden, you know, Odyssey, they keep flashing up the pitch count for the tournament that Odyssey's had. Throw in the regionals, the super regionals, and you see that pitch count is just enormous. And then Oklahoma has, you know, two, three, four pitchers they can go to that are all, all American level. And so that's tough. That's tough to compete with. JMU doesn't have that. Yep. Um, nope. So uh, that that's what made it tough. And that's, I think that's kind of what you were touching on there. That's why Oklahoma won the series is because yeah. they were just able to, they had more bullets in the chamber, so to speak. And for JMU, they just, they couldn't, couldn't pull it off. I, w- I was hoping they could when they got the leadoff home run to be up one, nothing. I had some hope, but I, I think I texted you when it was four to one and they Oklahoma ended up adding oh, three more. That, but, uh, you texted me before that. And I thought you were a touch early, but then you were quickly proven, right? <laughs> yeah. I just kind of said, man, yeah. that kind of feels like game. And, uh, yeah. I was really hoping I was wrong, but ended yeah. up not being the case, and that stunk. But I do want to say congrats to Coach Laporte and JMU oh, softball yeah. and all the players um, for just a fantastic season. And, again, I think you look at that program and what they've accomplished, uh, really their first season since 2002, they've won six CAA championships. They've been in three Super Regionals. They've now been to the College World Series once. 
not a lot of JMU. Uh, JMU has some successful athletic programs, but not to that kind of caliber. And so with Mickey Dean and now Coach Laporte uh, taking over for Mickey Dean and her building on that success, I think this is great. I I, I hope she stays. And she's been there for all the success. She was there from yeah. the beginning of this. She was the assistant with Mickey Dean. So she's she's really been a major part of this from the very beginning of it. And then even more so as the head coach, you know, being the face of it and, and bringing in more talent after he's been gone. It, and these freshmen that are there, that that's going to try to carry the bar that, you know, the freshmen from bar, Chesapeake yeah. that kept getting in. And, um, you know, I don't see next year them returning right here, but I can see now the bar is raised and I'll be surprised if we don't see him at the college world series again. I think, they, uh, they know what it takes to get there, and they've been on the doorstep. So I, I'm not going to be – I'm not convinced that they can't do it again. I think seeding may help them in the future now that they've proven they belong to play in those games with the big with the big teams. And yes their and recruiting's no. going to get better. They're, they're – you know, if you're a player that thinks you're special, I'm going to go to a big uh, Power 5 school, and then you're not getting the love that you want from a Power 5 school – and, and, and then they're splitting hairs between people at that level. I mean, look at the players on Oklahoma that are, are sitting on the bench, you know, not starting games, and they're great. You know, s- s- you get one or two of those girls that say, well, I'm going to go where I know I can make it. I saw JMU make it. I'm going to go there and join that, and that was such a great environment. I'm going to go be a part of that. And then you get even the some people in state staying at JMU rather than going out of state for softball, a little bit of collection. You get one here, one there, one there. And, and Jamie's going to be a better softball program because of what this team did, just like when Megan was there and Jalen Ford was there, them getting it up to that level of being in the deep in the tournament. It's going to carry even further now. Now, do I see them turning to Oklahoma tomorrow? No. I mean, it, it's a process and it takes a lot and the resources are a lot different, but I, I expect to, this not to be the only run they ever make. The, this is the first time they did it. This is the most special run. It's never going to be this special again. There can be other great runs and other deep runs and be special, but this is going to be different. And I think everybody needs to make sure they soak it in. And we were saying this last week, just making it to the College World Series, even more so now. Just soak in how special this was, how special Odyssey was. I mean, you're not going to get a player this good with the story, with the the character that this girl, those don't grow up. Like everybody's saying, like Odyssey stood out. The whole nation, the softball world is saying how she stood out. You can't just – it's not like Oklahoma has a team full of Odysseys. They have a lot of talent over there, but Odyssey is special. Um, so this is this is something to build off of and but enjoy and uh, because it's never going to be like this again. I know – you know, I played at Riverheads when they won their first state championship. I was at Virginia Tech when they won their first ACC title. Those seasons, in, as, a, as a player for Riverheads and as a fan of Virginia Tech, they stick out because it was those first – we did it for the first time. JMU really can't have that now unless – they go further. And so it, it, you just got to have to enjoy this. And this is going to be something JMU sports will talk about forever. I mean, all next fall when the football team's playing, they're going to bring up this softball team and next yeah. softball season, they're going to be talking about this year. And then years down the road, it's going to come back up. And if game day ever comes back to Roanoke or it comes back to Harrisonburg, this is going to get brought up then, even if it's 10 years down the line, it's going to come up because this was monumental. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, there's some qualifiers there, right? Uh, and I don't want to offend the fragile part of the fan base that doesn't know what the term Cinderella means. Um, but <laughs> JMU did yeah. get a little help with the seating, right? I-, I said this at the beginning. All the people who wanted to host a regional. If you got your way and JMU hosted a regional, 
you're not in the College World Series. It's not happening. You're playing Oklahoma or UCLA, and I, I don't think at their place. Yeah, the in a before, super regional, yeah. and I don't think you get past them. So well, you lost two or three to Oklahoma, Oklahoma as it is. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't mean this JMU softball team is any worse. It just means JMU being a two seed in the Knoxville regional got a region they could win. They did. They got a team in a super regional they could beat, and they did. And then they get to the Women's College World Series, and in one game they beat Oklahoma. But over that series, they couldn't. And so I think that's the thing. You, it's going to take some help in seeding. So, yes, I, I agree with you. This exposure will help with seeding. But it, one of those things, you're going to be seeded next time probably, but that might I not be a great thing. Too. Yeah, I might not be a great thing. But maybe you get better. But, I'll, and that's my qualifier for that, you get better if Coach Laporte stays. If Coach yeah, Laporte takes I one of these other jobs that's opening up that can pay more, then, I mean, look, it depends yeah. on who comes yeah. in and what happens. Yeah, I'm hoping Arizona uh, doesn't come calling. I'm hoping Georgia doesn't come calling. I, like, those, are the, those are the two coaches, long-term coaches, that, um, that retired over the weekend. It, it would, I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of Coach Laporte, I guess myself, I'd be surprised if those all-time programs would call her – uh, with this run, maybe they do. I mean, Mickey Dean got a job at Auburn and he was a local guy and he left. So maybe she does leave. I, I am hopeful she doesn't. Uh, I love that she has local ties. So I'm a little more confident she stays, but so did Mickey Dean. So you, you never, it, it could happen. She, she could leave. She deserves anything she's offered, whatever job. If it's as high as something like Arizona, which would be absolutely incredible. Okay. Okay. Great. But even if it's something in between there, she deserves everything she has offered because she has maximized what this team can do with talent that she's been a part of the entire time it's been at JMU. There's no, you know, she's playing with Mickey Dean's, but there's none of that. She was there then. Like that's not that story. She deserves whatever she's offered. I'm hoping she'll stay, but that, yeah, that's a qualifier. I, you can't, you can't deny that. JMU needs to probably try to head this off best they can. They don't have SEC money. They don't have no. Pac-10 money. So they're not going to be able to match that. But if you can help the – a lot of times when you can't match pay, you try to help facilities. And JMU has nice facilities, but there's more they can do. They need to invest if they want to keep this going. I think this is a worth investing in. I think the softball program over time has proven they are, can play at this level. I think it's not going to hurt to invest in even better facilities and, and her – and whatever it takes to try to keep her. And even if she still walks, it's going to be worth whatever you're trying to do because it, this is a good niche to be in. And now the nation knows this team and, and it's not, it's not leaving overnight if, if you don't want it to. So. Yeah. And I mean, look, I don't want to call out Bill Piner because I saw his post about it where he put the college world series coaches and what yeah. their salaries are and, and saying, you know, somebody needs a raise and yes, she deserves a raise. She deserves period. a raise. Shot fine, yes. I, I just yeah. don't know. JMU can't get in the neighborhood of those other seven schools. Like it's nope. just not possible. JMU doesn't have that kind of money. It's just not a thing. So, um, unfortunately, I don't. I just hope her priorities to stay local are different. I, I hope that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know, uh, but she can still make good money uh, for a dream position. Um, it, it could be dreamier, I guess. I, if you I, go yeah, I mean, they could put her into six, six figures. Schools. They could put her into six figures, but I just don't know how deep into Easily, that. Because yeah. um, yeah. I think Bill's post said she was at 90 right now. So I could see I could see yeah. 120. I hate talking about how much she makes. WHSV needs to give her a coach's show and drop the money on her. That's that's what all the uh, 
that's what all the football coaches have at, at big time programs. They someone needs to come up with that money and 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 feed her from the outside. But uh. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think you know I, I just don't know. I mean, when the ne- when the I think the next one under was one seventy or something. Like Jamie, you can't get there. They just can't, and they never will be able to. That's okay. I understand the math of it. I understand the financial yeah. side of it, but um, that's what scares me because. And I, right now she's saying all the right things, right? Love it, JMU. It's part of our family. We love Harrisonburg. You can't blame her if for some reason no. she goes. Yeah, and and you it's, you know, I was talking to somebody else about it this week, and I was like, because that was the thing they, uh, someone had brought up about, like, oh, well, she says this, and she says this. And I'm like, everybody says that until the, until the check gets handed to them, and they say, all you got to do is sign. And so, and I don't blame her. Like, that's. And maybe she wants to coach at a bigger program. Maybe that's the goal she has yeah. is a, go- a goal for herself is to coach at a power five. I don't know. I haven't talked to her. So, but if it is, I, I hope JMU fans won't be mad and, and they'll understand. Like, yeah. how many times do you and I talk about this, Leland, in terms of football? I, like, there's small fish or big fish in a small pond. But if the big pond looks in there, someone from the big pond goes, hey, we want that. They might take it. Like, and you have to yeah. be okay with how that works. You have to understand yeah. that. I'm I'm hoping she stays. Uh, we'll never blame her if she goes. I'll cheer for her wherever she goes. I will say, Mickey Dean left, and I I didn't hear a lot of huge negativity towards him. And he was yeah. he grew up in Elkton, came back. Uh, True. Coach Rafford came to here and left. And I I don't remember the outcry. I think a lot of thank yous on his way out the door. I so, just hope um, it's the same thing. I I just know yeah. that fans. If it happens this year, fans will be. There, right now, there's a fever pitch for what's to come. A little bit of a gut punch. Yeah. yeah. So they're, right now, they're really excited about what can happen, and I, I think that would be a bit of a blow to them. But, again, if it happens, it happens. And just I, I just want to say, again, congrats to Coach Laporte and congrats yes. to the Dukes because that was, that was fun. I've never watched so much softball in my life. Yeah. And it, it in between Valley Baseball League, which we'll talk about here in a minute, and – that was it. Softball. That was it. So I, I was watching a lot of the other games. You know, when Megan was going through, I was watching it then too. They never made it this many right. games, and, and it was a, it wasn't appointment viewing at the College World Series. It was oh, let me see the team that knocked JMU out, or you know, let me right. see this team that carried it on, or this team's supposed to be really good. You know, not even thinking about JMU anymore. So it was a lot different. Being that invested, really hanging on every pitch. It, it was a super amount of fun. Hope we hope we can get it again at some point. Uh, we're going to talk high school sports with Patrick. Uh, the biggest things from each sports. Let's hit that. Wilson, um, they beat Riverheads on Tuesday night. So they're sitting in a great position to make the playoffs out of 3C. Ford's still hoping to make it at a wild card. Going to be tough. Uh, 2B. Stonewall did lose on Monday night, so Stewart's draft's door is open. But I believe uh, Stewart's draft has uh, Riverheads on Wednesday. They're going to have to win that game if they want to get in. They're really the only team in 2B hoping to make it. 1B Riverheads is sitting as a one seed. They might could drop it uh, down a seed, uh, but they're going to be in the playoffs down there. Softball. Um, oh, the big news there at baseball, Wilson Fort playing on – Wednesday night, Wednesday or Thursday night, Wednesday night. And so that could decide who goes or who doesn't, though Wilson is a game up. So they're sitting in the driver's seat. In softball, similarly, Fort Defiance, Wilson at the top. 
They play Wednesday night. Uh, there, Fort Defiance has the game lead, so they'll have that advantage. Going to see who can go out of 3C there. 2B, Gap is in. Stewart Straft hoping to slide in. Uh, even more unlikely they slide in there than it is for the baseball team to slide in. Riverheads, softball having a terrible season. 1B, girls sports is not hard, so Riverheads is going to make a playoff. So they, they might get a home game. Uh, the biggest news, though, of high school sports, and I know we'll hit this again with Patrick, Wilson beat Stanton in soccer on Monday night, 2-1. to one. They tied last time, so Wilson did not lose to Stanton this season. And Stanton goes down, and I don't remember the last time they lost a district game. So I, that was an incredible thing to see, and uh, good for Wilson. You know, they're a second-year uh, soccer coach. I, I see them practicing mo almost every day, uh, getting out of work. And uh, it was good to see. It's good to see things shuffled up. Uh, Stanton's kind of been dominating soccer there, and they're still good. But um, good to see Wilson get that win. On the girls' side, Fort Girls Soccer has been dominating uh, the district. They play Wilson, I think, one last time. They are only on one game behind, but those two teams have definitely taken off away from the rest. But again, we will talk about high school sports with Patrick. I just wanted to run through the bullet points in case uh, you, you lose the rest of the podcast from us. Uh, but let's move over college baseball, where you have been watching a lot of college players play baseball. We'll get to that in a minute. But we had a lot of teams from Virginia in the NCAA tournament for baseball. Uh, what do we have? Five Virginia schools. After this weekend, we still only have we only have one remaining. It is UVA, a, a team that you know won the championship back in 15. We lost Norfolk State. They got eliminated from the ECU bracket. VCU got eliminated from the Mississippi bracket, Mississippi State bracket. Uh, ODU was also in UVA's bracket. They didn't play until Tuesday morning. Uh, 9 a.m. first pitch, and uh, UVA won with a walk-off there to send ODU out. South Carolina was the team I was kind of rooting for in that uh, region, or the uh, pod, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Region. And then Liberty eliminated from the Tennessee region. So uh, UVA, the only one advancing from the state of Virginia, not one that I will be pulling for, but no. I know some of our listeners will be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, – I haven't been paying attention to the baseball, to be dead honest with you. I know it was running across the bottom line, and I was seeing some scores, but I didn't really pay attention to who had won Thursday and Friday. You know, I just wasn't keeping up with it. So now I'll fall in. I, I do look forward to the College World Series every year. Um, I generally watch the softball these last few years, but then I go right to the baseball. Same deal this year. Um, I don't know who I think I'm rooting for. Like, Arkansas is not a team that usually draws me in, but I'll probably watch this weekend and start – start picking who I want to win and who I think will win. And those sometimes are two different things. I like this DBU, the, the Dallas uh, Baptists, I, you know, DBU, they always put it on the scoreboard at Virginia tech. Cause you know, apparently Virginia yeah. tech's DBU. Uh, so I, I can, I can roll with that. Um, <laughs> they'll play UVA though. Uh, so that's easy for me to root for them. Uh, but we'll see who we get here. Um, who looks good. And I, I probably won't make it my decision until next week. And a lot of your good uniforms are gone. Army's out. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey Institute of technology. They're out. Yeah. So a lot of the teams you were really pulling for last week. Miami uh, has some good advance. uniforms. They're out. That stunk. Um, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, and, and that was disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you because I, I said just Valley league and uh, softball. And I sh should correct myself before the Valley league opener. 
I did watch some of what I think is called they well, it used to be called bases loaded. Now I think they call it squeeze play or whatever. So oh, they jump around, yeah. Yeah, basically the red zone for college baseball regionals. And yep. So that's a great way to kind of see as many uniforms as possible and then get your rooting interest <laughs> lined up. So the priority. Yeah, because it was Saturday already, you know, I'm watching like the elimination games for the losers bracket and that first part of the losers bracket. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm seeing Army there and I'm like, uh oh. And they're playing UCLA and I'm like, oh no. And then I'm seeing New Jersey Institute of Technology in there and I'm like, oh man. And, so I'm already grasping like a lot of the uniforms I like are going to be in trouble. So that stunk. But I did see the walk-off from Dallas Baptist against TCU that I can't remember if that was yesterday yeah. or today. Oh, there was a lot of lot of attitude there. The umpire told him to Yeah, get the you know what? Line. You know what, umpire? Up, yeah, how about you just focus on doing your job? Because I didn't watch the game, but you're a behind-the-plate umpire, so I'm going to go ahead and guess that you blew 80% of your calls because you're a home-plate umpire. <laughs> And that's just generally focus. what you do is be bad at your job. Focus on maintaining your household. Do, do yeah. a good job. You know what? We don't, we you don't should be thanking that guy because he just ended your day. You you get to <laughs> go home because that guy smashed yeah. a pitch over the wall and stared at it. So you know what? If that you kid, you know what that kid should have said? He should have turned around and said, "Shut up and go home." By the he way, you were terrible at your job. Yeah, saved you from blowing <laughs> another call today, Blue. <laughs> So, yeah, we're not as up on the uh, baseball, but we will be next week. I'm excited about it. Uh, ECU is a team I liked, would like to root for, but they are going up against Vanderbilt, who are the defending mm. champs. I never root for Vanderbilt in anything, so I'll be pulling for ECU this week. Um, but that was a tough World Series a couple years ago when Vanderbilt and UVA were playing. That was that was tough. I mean, I was rooting against UVA, but it was, it ECU's was tough. got some hot uniforms. I like it. I like I'm it. I'm just looking at it now. So we'll be back with more uniform talk next week from Joe uh, after we actually get more time to watch some of this. But, Joe, let's talk about what you dominated your life the most this week, and it's not the segment, but Valley League Baseball. My highlights are John Leonard's Generals. That's the, their name now. They're not the Waynesboro Generals. They're John Leonard's Generals. <laughs> They're 0-3. Yeah. He, he, you know, put the sword to each side of the head there and, and deemed them keen to the Valley league. They were no doubt champions. I, I, I think I'm quoting them there. Yeah. That's I'm exactly what he said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're zero and three. What, what's, what's going on with them generals? It's hilarious. Cause I've actually, I actually got to see John at one point and talk to him numerous times over the weekend. Uh, and I was joking with him about that. Uh, and he was like, you guys are the worst. And, um, <laughs> so that's what we're here for. He, uh, but he, He's uh, he brought this up actually last night when I was talking to him uh, after the Charlottesville game, which we'll talk about with Stanton uh, in a minute. But it's so early in the season. Some of these teams don't even have all their players in yet. So he's like, it's fun to look at it at the beginning of the year. He goes, but you got to realize some of these teams are going to lose some of these kids halfway through the summer. And some of them are going to get these kids in after the regionals are done. And and those are the really good players, right? The ones still playing. So yeah. uh, that's going to be a thing to keep an eye on for Waynesboro. But it's definitely an 0-3 start, unfortunately for them, right? So they play in the opener against Stanton. You lose that one on a walk-off sack fly. Then you go play one of the best teams in the league year in, year out in Strasburg in a doubleheader, and you get swept. That's not necessarily, oh, wow, Waynesboro's really bad. It's surprising that they're 0-3, but it's just kind of the way the schedule broke. 
the only thing I watch there is that they they've given up a lot of runs in the one. They have. You know, it's and I know the one game was a run run game. It was a walk off, but you know, giving up what was it eight to to Stanton or seven or eight uh-huh. to Stanton, eleven to Strasburg, and then five to Strasburg. It's just you know, if if you're matching things with the zero and three, and you see that many runs, I, it is an eye opener. But like you said, early. Players are still coming. That's fine. Here, speaking of early, Harrisonburg, they're the only undefeated team, but they've only played two games. So we're, we're not going to have to draw too much into that. I mean, two games is nothing in the Valley League. Um, heck, everybody, most everybody played two games in one day uh, the other day. So it, it's Harrisonburg's the only undefeated, so not much to say there. But Stanton, my Stanton, Leland McCray Stanton is, is what the new name for them. Uh, we're going to call it – they're 3-1. and one. They started out 3-0, and oh, which had me you know, trying to brag a little bit. Uh, but they did fall to the Tom Sox, which, as much as I don't like Waynesboro, those Tom Sox are rising up the, the rivalry chart for me big time for Stanton. So um, I'm just hoping Stanton can keep scoring runs. They've been scoring runs. Uh, in all their wins, they scored a bunch of runs. I, I need them to keep doing that. And if, if they do that, uh, you know, three out of four games, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, Rookland's been really good at the plate for them. Um, and so has... Oh, man. Bryn Taylor. Uh, his name was escaping for a second. I wanted to call him Bennett, but I knew it wasn't Bennett. So Bryn Taylor and Kent Rookland have been really, really good at the plate uh, for Stanton this year. They've played big roles in that. Stanton's been great at, uh, on the base pass, too. I mean, they've been stealing bases at, I think, an above an 80% clip, which is where you want to be to be efficient. So the other aspect for Stanton, though, is going to be they've got to find a way to keep the other team off the board. They give up a lot of runs. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to cut catch up to them a little bit. We saw that in the Charlottesville game. Their starter went out, pitched five innings, uh, which is very long in a Valley League game. Five inning start, and he gets pulled after only giving up one run. And then the bullpen comes in, and the bullpen just didn't have it that night. And you saw Charlottesville get the lead, and Stanton couldn't rebound. Stanton going into that Charlottesville game had the best offense in the league. I don't know where it is now, but uh, – We'll see. They play Waynesboro again, uh, actually, tomorrow night or today, tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. So they've got Waynesboro. They'll play Charlottesville again. Then Covington comes home and uh, doubleheader at Percival over the weekend. So they've got a good chance because Percival's off to a slow start this year. Strasburg, after losing their opener, kind of rebounded here, which has been interesting they're on a roll now Winchester as John said looks to be good Harrisonburg you mentioned they've only played two games that's because the game against Covington got suspended uh and actually postponed because of rain and lightning and this Waynesboro Generals one might be the same situation here tonight because it's lightning over there in Harrisonburg although they have that lightning detection system too so if there's lightning you know in the tri-state area of Maryland, West Virginia, or Virginia, the game gets <laughs> stopped. So, um, but Woodstock, yeah, we've is, had that at football too. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah, but I think for Stanton, really, it's Charlottesville is going to be a big problem. And even though Waynesboro's off to that slow start, that's going to be a team you need to keep an eye on. I, I know Harrisonburg's two and zero. Good for them. I, I don't think that's going to be a team with staying power. I just, I just don't. Um, I haven't seen enough of Covington to know what they've got this year. I I do like the pieces on offense that Stanton has. I just need to see more consistency from the rotation in the bullpen. But 
we'll see what happens. I know Stanton has some people that aren't in town yet either. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I was hoping Grant Painter was going to be able to play for him. I know I guess he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the story is there, so I'm I'm anxious to hear. I'm hoping he can get in the summer. I I just like the local kids on there. I know uh, the kid from Gap, um, uh, the pitcher Matheny, I think it is. Um, I'm hoping he's going to be able to get some innings. So I'm, I, I always watch the local kids. I, I'm not saying they're going to lead the team. I just I want what's best for them and these local tie-ins to to do well. But, I mean, it sounds like you know a lot about this team, and I, it's because you're the voice of the Stanton Braves. So our, our podcast listeners need to be listening to you nearly every night on, on 1240 AM That's and, true. and hear the voice most, of the Braves and without me interrupting you. you know? Yeah, it will be most games. And, you know, it, for some of these doubleheaders, too, where the games really go on and – you got to fill some time in between pitches. You know, you get some interesting stuff. It, I was helped by Front Royals PA system where they played some Billy Joel and we talked about how great Billy Joel is. And so <laughs> did people, you give them the rundown of the top 50 or no, but we did. I mean, they played down Easter Alexa, which is a deep track. Uh, and I did say, you know, he's got 122 singles and really just avoid deep that bottom only. 20. Yeah. Avoid the bottom <laughs> 20 and you're fine. Um, but I did let people know, despite hearing it at a baseball game, which Let's talk about this. That's an odd song to play at a baseball game. That song is about a a guy who's a longshoreman, a longshore fisherman, and he's like his way of life is drying up. Like it's just rough times. And so to hear that at a baseball game, you're like, man, that's a weird song to play at a baseball game. It, I mean, I don't know. You you parallel it with like a batter who's who's is well, it's in know, between innings. It's in between innings. They're paralleling it with their team because their team is not great this year in Front Royal. They're a failing crab boat. Yeah, and I can say that because I don't have to go back up there, so I don't have to see them. But they're, they're having a really rough year in Front Royal right now, and I think it's going to be the case But as the year progresses. And so, like, I had mentioned, you know, maybe they're playing the sad song because they're sad right now because they're about to go to 0-3. Uh, and then I had mentioned, you know, not in my top 20, probably around the middle of that 122, but a good song nonetheless. And that just speaks to how great Billy well, Joel is. I'm glad they got a little bit of rankings while you were up there. And I hope other press boxes around the Valley can get caught I, up. I just on hope the PA the music is as good. Yeah. They also played some stand by me, which was great. I mean, I did love the music at Bing. It was great. If they could have done without the cicadas, that would have been even better, but those puppies don't stand up to. And again, where, as I said on the radio, where's the cicada line. I need to know where the cicada I, the, line is. The cicada line, I believe, go. is in Woodstock in North. I believe you got to go to Woodstock to get some cicadas. You so may New need to Market, go a little further safe. north. That's good. Yeah, I think you're safe in Newmarket. But um, I think it's going to be Woodstock and further north is the cicada line. I, I'm going to see him again in Percival this weekend. So I, I will say those puppies don't hold up. And they create a mess on your windshield when you smash them. And, and we'll say, we'll call it 70 on the interstate. Let's just say 70 just to be safe. And... When you hit those things, though, it's like everywhere, and they're big and they're disgusting. They're annoying. If thank goodness they're only every seventeen years, because those things or that particular brood, brood X or whatever we call it, should be brood trash. Did yeah, you know? I mean, my... Fun fact, and listeners to ESPN twelve forty, the boss, you'll hear this again on Sunday. The FDA says if you're allergic to shellfish, you should not eat cicadas because they're too closely related. How about that? I just, I, you know, if I was in a fear factor situation, I'm eating whatever they throw at me. Like, give me some money. I'll eat whatever. Uh-huh. But I'm not voluntarily taking on a bug. Like, that's that's not where I'm at in my life. 
Like Tide Pods. I don't care if it's a 17-year-old bug. Like Tide Pods for me. If you're dumb enough to eat a cicada, you're dumb enough to die from it. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't... They're not poisonous, unless you're allergic to shellfish, apparently. But... The cicadas and the and the vaccine, both, you know, self, selfish are just really taking on people this year. You know, that's where we're at. I'm not going to eat a cicada. So if you're allergic to selfish, you're supposed to be cautious about the vaccine. So are you I really? Assume... I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. You're looking at me like you didn't know. Yeah, I no, thought no, we were I making some anti-vax statement and we were about to have to cancel the exports podcast. OK, I didn't realize <laughs> really we were talking about it. Allergic to shellfish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Getting a vaccine, I, I, I usually don't operate in an idea that that's a political statement. But yeah, no, I have a, a family friend who uh, allergic to shellfish, and she had a bad reaction to the vaccine and uh, had to take the second one under uh, monitoring. I, it was wow. what I was told, or I think that was a plan. I don't know. So, uh, sorry. Let's go to hockey. Uh, I'm not going to make you push this to the end of the podcast, uh, but we'll be quick because. I don't think either of us have watched a whole lot of hockey and we've been paying attention, but I know we've been busy with softball, mm-hmm. but the Canadians finally caught up and passed us. They, they got a team waiting for the next round because they swept the, uh, the Canadians, the team that represents all of them. They beat the jets 4-0, and they're going to wait on the winner of avalanche and Knights, who, uh, not necessarily. Oh, I thought the, okay. Well, the NHL website, Oh, wait, it up and, visually in a way that makes yeah 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 if the avalanche win that series that's who they'll get okay well i want the avalanche to win so that's what i'm planning for they play game five tuesday night nine o'clock by the time you hear this podcast you'll you'll know what this game did um but it's got to be the avalanche got to win game five and and a smart person told me that that the avalanche were going to win it so that's that's what i want it think i'd say they have to win game five it would be good if they won game five but they don't have to win game five. No, I always believe in a seven-game series, series you got to win game five. It is a seven-game series. Um, yep. Teams have come back from 3-2 deficits all the time. But, yes, it more, would be good. More so in hockey, you make a good point. It would be good if they won game five. Yeah, I was surprised because you're right. I haven't watched a lot of hockey. The second round has been hard for me to watch. I watched the beginning of the second round, and then once Valley Baseball League started, I, I haven't been able to, which has yeah. been good for my gambling sportsbook bankroll because i just haven't even had time to get in there and place a bet so um that's holding up strong but yeah i'm i wouldn't have bet on the canadians so that was shocking uh the jets going out like that was surprising i thought the jets were playing really well the avalanche i thought when you were a jet you were a jet all the way that's where i'm confused yeah well whatever i'm not going to get into west side story (laughs) with you so the avalanche and the golden knights is is a great series to be watching, but the Bruins Islanders series has been phenomenal. And I'm telling you, Barry Trotz is a guy you don't want to see in the playoffs. He's just so I'm all good. On the Islanders. If he beats that team from Massachusetts, that would be amazing. I would love it. Um, and then the Lightning are going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes because they're the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, and you said you said that was going to happen, and, and it looks like you're going to be right. Um, what the biggest news though, probably out of the hockey this week was that Canada got the got it figured out so this playoff hockey can happen. I don't know the logistics, but I just saw that they had a plan and uh, the Canadian teams would be able to travel and the American teams would be able to they'd be able to face each other and there'd be some home ice. So that I'm glad they got that worked out. All right. 
On to the NBA. We're going to be quick here, too. I, the, the main story, especially for this podcast, was one of the podcast uh, hosts warned people and uh, the other co-host that, hey, the Lakers don't seem to be turning on the switch very well. It seems awful shaky. And the other podcast just dismissed the other the other podcast host and just said, yeah, you're dumb. The Lakers are just going to win. Are you really scared of the Suns? Are you really think the Suns are going to beat the Lakers? I think that's an exact quote. I think it's a really good impression of them, too. And, uh, yeah, the Suns won. Yeah, uh, I wish you would have listened to me. That, <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers lost. And I, I'm not – you know, I'm not a Laker fan, so I'm happy that the Lakers lost. I generally am a LeBron fan. He is doing a lot lately to make me not really enjoy him as much. I will swing back to that. The best thing about the Suns beating the Lakers was on vacation, I have Van Hansen, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago for good football picking, also bad at basketball picking like Joe Deck. And we were at the lake, and I made a bet at 7 o'clock at night. I said, hey, that game starts at 10. Let's make a bet. Lakers win. I jump in the water when the game ends. Uh, Suns win. You jump in the water. Well, at 1 a.m. when that game was wrapping up and everybody at the house was asleep and we weren't even in the same room, I was hoping he wasn't really going to come out and jump in the water. But Dan, the man being the man that he is, 7 a.m., 7, 7 was on the clock. He came out ready to jump in the water. First thing, fresh in the morning, and he went in the water, paid up on his bet, Suns win, then the Suns don't even mess around. The next game, knock the Lakers out. So, I the only joy I have of this is being right, winning that bet, not having to jump in the water uh, in the middle of the night or early in the morning. So uh, that was good. I what really made me the most upset about LeBron, other than all the flopping that he's been doing lately, is that in the post game press conference, he's already kind of making jokes. I know he's saying it is a jokey way, but talking about Space Jam promotion and it's just not the time, dude. Like, like understand that that's going to be there. You're going to promote that movie and everybody's going to accept the fact that you're doing it in the post game of that basketball game. There is no benefit. There's no positive of you talking about space jam in that moment. Just if that's, what's on your mind, fine, but understand that that's not the time to talk about it. And it's hard for me to be like, see LeBron go out in the first round, the first time in his career, losing in the first round, him talk about Space Jam promotion and then think back to the stories from a year ago of them talking about Michael Jordan when he when he um, shot Space Jam. He used it to build his game back better and used a bunch of people in town. And those were the best, get, you know, Reggie Miller and all the guys that were in the movie. Other, you know, not Reggie Miller wasn't in it. Other guys are coming into L.A. to play in those pickup games after the shoot. And it was these intense games where Michael Jordan really rose his game back up where it needed to be after playing baseball. And it's just the, the opposites of how that's being portrayed. I'm not saying LeBron was bad at basketball this year because of promotion for that movie or have already shot that movie or if he didn't have tough basketball playing back when they shot that movie. But it's just the way the public image of how this is, is just not good for LeBron. And I, I, I honestly think it's it, long term. LeBron, after basketball, wants to make a lot of money based on his personality, based on his, you know, people drawn to him. I think this is a bad look, and it may. I, I'm a, I'm not against LeBron, but I thought this was a bad, bad look. Um, LeBron's gonna be fine financially, no matter what 
Well, financially, he's going to be fine. Yeah. He's going like, to make lots of money after basketball with whatever he wants to do because he's LeBron James. But yes, if I he did keeps not on like, making image decisions mm, like this. No. I'm, I'm, I will grow concerned because you're not going to optimize if you have a negative image around you. you. You can optimize by doing it the right way. I think the other thing that made it worse was the question was, is he going to play for the Olympic team? Which I had already figured out was no. No, I think a can't. lot. Spoiler alert, Excuse folks. Excuses that he had no offseason. I was going to say, spoiler, yes, that's exactly right. Spoiler alert. Our men's basketball team at the Olympics is going to be bad. When you look at that roster, you will probably. So what, they only win by, you know, 20 a game? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, I hope Are you we predicting win gold. a silver or bronze? I hope we win gold. It's not a lock. This team's not going to be that good. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, lost it before. That's fine. But it's upsetting when we do. But, um, yeah, when, when, when LeBron saying, uh, I'm going to play for the tune squad instead. The first thing out of my mouth when I, you know, heard it, when I watched the video of him saying it was, well, I'm rooting for the Monstars or whatever the other team's called in this one. <laughs> so uh, I just, <laughs> I was going to be in that camp anyway, probably. But yeah, somebody put money on the Lakers because of the and, uniforms. Somebody, yes, somebody put money on the Lakers. Somebody doesn't like the idea of a Space Jam 2 being made in general. And somebody looked at those Toon Squad jerseys and said, you know what? That's offensive to eyes. (laughs) So, and people that aren't colorblind or have vision, like that's offensive. So, um, that's, that's, that's where I stand on it. LeBron's a great player. The other thing that I think bothered me more than anything is when he says, uh, when Ant- with, about the Anthony Davis injury, hey, these shoulders were built for this, and if I need to put the team on my back, I'll put the team on my back. Well, then his team goes out and gets murdered by 30 points, and he leaves the floor early with five minutes to go in the game. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I just don't think Michael Jordan would do that. So that's my problem. Like, I just don't think an all-time great player should be leaving with his team still on the floor, even if they're getting killed in the playoffs on national TV, you don't leave the floor. It's a terrible, terrible look. That's been my Michael. worst. That's been my biggest problem with LeBron James. It's not the first time it's happened. It's when he's, no. when his team is losing and he just walks off the floor before the game's over. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And it, again, and I, I knew it at the time, but watching the last dance last year, when it, it shows Michael Jordan, he goes down one game or two games. I think he's won one series to the magic. And the year he came back and he's wearing the 45, he does the opposite of walk off the court. He changes his number back to 23, like tries to motivate himself. Uh, you know, the mental of that, you know, the, the whole line of, uh, you know, the 45 is in 23, you know, and then he goes back to the 23. Like he did the opposite and then he lost. And I don't recall him leaving the court early. And, and that motivated him more so to, to get better and, and led into his space jam being recorded. I, I don't know. It's just the images of it. I'm not just drawing lines and saying, LeBron is terrible or LeBron is weak. I'm just saying these images of this don't help anything. And I think stuff like this is why this argument of Jordan or LeBron is not a debate. This isn't the Pete Rose debate for the rest of our lives and being in the Hall of Fame. This isn't going to be a debate forever. It's just going to be established when LeBron gets done. He's not as good as Michael Jordan. He's not going to have the number of championships he needs to be in the conversation. And I'm not saying he has to have six. He ain't getting six now. It ain't happening. But, you know, there's a there's a region you can get to and then still being in the others and you can start adding it together. He's not going to have that either. So it's just it, we're not going to have to have this argument the rest of our lives, which is great because we've 
maybe not you and I as much, but the sports world has argued this too much as it is. So I, there was some satisfaction to him going down, but I just didn't like the image stuff there. And I, I just think he needs to clean that up. I think he needs to, to, to have that, that a little bit of an edge to him, competitive edge to him to maintain the, the aura that's been around him because I, it's just too many things lately that show the opposite. Um, let's do some quick hitters, Joe. Yeah. What do you want to hit? Let's stay, let's stay in the basketball world and stay with the NBA just for now. I thought it was weird. Wednesday was a crazy news day. So that's, that's the first issues we're going to hit. Um, man, we're out of order here, but Brad Stevens goes from being head coach of the Celtics to now the GM. They're going to be hunting for a coach. Ainge is out. I thought that was the strangest news. Like, everybody was disappointed with what the Celtics did. And now they just double down on Brad Stevens. And I mean, I guess getting Ainge out helps, but like now you're doubling down on Brad Stevens. Who's a, a young GM who I would still think you'd want him coaching. I, I think he's more valuable there. So it was just surprising news for a coach that I, I liked him a lot when he was at Butler. I liked what he was able to do there and, and the underdog role that they led there. I just surprised me out of Boston. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that, Ainge uh, was out that kind of surprised me and then that they put Brad Stevens in because like you I was like man this is maybe Brad Stevens most disappointing season and now you're promoting him to GM so Cliff Clainsbury route yeah it was just odd that that's the timing of that maybe Um, but I don't know time will tell with the Celtics I don't know I, I haven't talked to my buddy who's a Celtics fan to get his take on it I know he was ready to kill Ainge uh the past few years but um I just thought it was interesting that he steps down and then Brad Stevens moves into that role I I don't know who the coach will be now and we'll have to see what the Celtics do there but that was you're right that was definitely shocking news on Wednesday and that got dwarfed because the other news that's not as shocking but just monumental news coach K announcing that he will retire after the upcoming season Again, not just some fly-off-the-page shocker information, but seeing those words written on the page of the TV screen, just eye-raising um, the fact that they have Shire lined up to go into that role. Um, it's going to be you know, the handoff. It's going to be the uh, um, Bowden to, to Jimbo Fisher kind of handoff here. I, you, look at, you can't look at this happening and look at UNC losing Roy Williams this year, and, and they're going – um, to their next coach there and not compare the situations and compare the new coaches that were going to be, that are going to, they're going to be coaching against each other in this rivalry. Which of those two coaches do you have more faith in? I mean, what, do you like the UNC hire? Do you have more faith that UNC is going to win with their coach or do you have more faith that Duke is going to win with their hire? Who, who do you got? I, here's my thing with this, right? Is that when they announced their hiring John Shire. Okay. Pros, it's gonna he knows the Coach K system, he's gonna be familiar with it, and that's all great, grand, and wonderful. Cons, I think that was part of the problem at the end. Coach K's system is old school. It's not working today. It's not working consistently <sighs> enough. Teams are passing them. Look. UVA, uh, Virginia Tech is getting better. Florida State, 
is one of the top teams in the conference the past two years. Like, the old guard of Duke, UNC, NC State, that's gone. Those teams are, Duke and UNC maybe still, I, although I don't know, UNC's been pretty they bad. Keep, they keep pulling in McDonald's All-Americans, it's hard for me to But they're not them. winning, they're not winning. And so, for me, I'm like, okay, maybe it's time to switch it up a little it's bit. It's the one-and-done thing, and, and Coach K embraced that. I actually give Coach K credit that he embraced the one-and-done. He didn't like it, but if, like after a couple years of not adjusting, he adjusted to it, and, and he has won with it. He won a national championship with that, and he's been knocking – he's been – I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm not as – it's not working as much as you are on that. They didn't make the tournament um, this year. They wouldn't have made it the tournament last year. They would not have made Yeah. Yeah. That's two. That would have been two straight years. Duke doesn't make the tournament. That's it's the not one okay. and done thing, though. Like everybody's having the problem with the one and dones. I mean, like Kentucky is is not doing great with the one and done, and they're the ones that embraced it the first. Like it's the bigger problem in college basketball. I'm not I'm not putting that on Coach K's head as much. I guess I'm more worried that John Shire seems more like Coach K Jr. than what Hubert Davis at UNC is going to be. Like I know he's coming out of UNC. He's I think it's going to be more of his own than John Shire will be. I think his Hubert. Own da- I'd rather have and that's Hubert why Davis. I have a little more faith in Hubert Davis. Yeah, I'd rather be Hubert Davis. I, I think John Shire is going to be second first, same as the first. And I think the first verse was getting kind of boring. And I, I think that's going to be hard. Look, the name Duke is still going to carry some cachet for a few years. But if Duke is saying, "Hey, we're Duke," it's on the front of the jersey. Duke, what that means? You know what that means? Come play our system. Okay, well, your system is not a tournament system the last two years. So, whatever. And when you look at the ACC landscape and it's changing and you're falling, not staying at the top, you're falling. That's a problem. And I I don't know if more of the same is what Duke needed. I think you got to... I think you need to be more selective about your one and dones. I think you need to, like, commit to like maybe one or two of them at most and not have three of them in there. And then you got guys that don't really want to be there for more than one year. It might leave too early and really constantly get some guys that are the, I guess, second rate recruits that are more likely to stay three, maybe four, which would be shocking in, in, in this era and, 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 and have them under your tutelage for longer and be better. And that's what we were seeing be better. I mean, Villanova's had more of that. UVA won a national championship with with you know players that are year year after year. I I think you need to mix in more. I think you need to be more selective with these one and dones. And I and I say that more than just Duke. I say that for UNC. I say that for Kentucky. Like let let those one and dones spread out a little bit more, and that'll be better for Duke to come back to the top. If you're a top level coach, if and Shire obviously thinks he is. So and Duke hired him thinking he is. So. I think that's what's going to be interesting. I, I agree. I think you and I agree that Hubert Davis, I think, has the road to success easier here because I just think he's going to make it his own a lot easier than what what Shire intends to do. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. And, I mean, yeah, I just – I don't know. I, I When I looked at that team and I was like – or that hire and they were like – we're immediately going with John Shire. I was like, okay, cool. I, that didn't that hire did not scare me. As a as a fan of Virginia Tech, I was like, awesome. Because he's going to be running the same stuff that Mike Young's already figured out. 
Great. To be dead honest with you, and I make this joke, I'd have been a lot more upset. And that's a great point. That doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me either. I'd have been much more upset if Duke just went and threw money at Tony Bennett. That would scare the crap out of me. Because <laughs> I think Tony Bennett's a good coach. And you put him with the resources of Duke. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that would have scared me more. So And it, it would have made me happy in a way because it would have made UVA worse. But, uh, yeah, that would have scared me more. So credit to Bennett on that comment. Um, different than the notes say here, Joe, for your sake, a quick hitter here. And I, I just want to hit on I don't want to dwell on it. I don't, I don't like the troubles at Virginia Tech. I don't like that we're reinstating Devin Hunter after a domestic abuse incident. Sure. The incident is he said, she said situation, and we don't know the facts. I just don't know if we know enough facts to reinstate this guy when he, I think he still has court hearings in August. I, I just, I can live without this guy. I know he's a good football player. I, if it's the difference of winning and losing, Hey, we're already losing. I don't want to lose with, with troublemakers. I don't want that. And obviously a very serious charge, uh, for a toot, the, uh, he just got there in January and he's in trouble. Um, at best, this guy's not where he needs to be. He's not hanging out with the people he needs to be. That's the best case scenario for this kid that he is, he's in bad situation. And so um, I just want to be clear. I want Virginia tech to win. I don't want to sacrifice behavioral and, and this kind of stuff to win at all. But to lose and, and have this is absolutely terrible, unacceptable. And so my priority, number one, as much as I want to win this year, as much as I don't want to lose anymore, as much as I don't want to be feel like we're right and you've been right about Fuente, um, I want him to win and get us good. I want to clean up this stuff first. And I know stuff happens everywhere, but it does seem like it's picking up momentum in Blacksburg, and I do not like it, and I want to be clear about that on the podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's fair, right? Um I've taken some shots at JMU's football program because I think they have sacrificed uh, doing the right thing in for the sake of touchdowns or good players. Um, and I don't think that's right when they do it. So I don't think it's right when Virginia Tech does it. I, I'm with you. I didn't like the Devin Hunter being reinstated. I, I think Virginia Tech is somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight wins. So if not having Devin Hunter makes you a six-win team and having Devin Hunter makes you an eight-win team, Fine doesn't matter to me whatever number you say i'm fine with it i mean if it's a two-win team because we don't have them okay yeah i i just that's not good i i know he pled down to a misdemeanor charge so because it's not a felony he can come back now uh according to the rules um because as we went over with the jmu situation it has to be a felony any any violent felony <sighs> is a uh, dismissal um but to me strangling your girlfriend is not okay ever. I, and, yeah. and, and with, I was avoiding description of what happened because it is debated, but let that stuff get figured out. Like let the law fully operate. Well, he's pleading down been. to a misdemeanor. Yeah. But like that, it's not resolved yet. He's pleading down and he's still got to get um, charged. Like, like it's got to get followed through with now. I, I just this. Well, he's not going to not take the plea deal. I mean, that's not going to be a thing. The yeah, whole reason I've he's just, on the team I'm is because he's taking this plea deal. With the legal process being absolutely completed before this kid's back on the team, because life is bigger than football. 
And as much as we have a sports podcast and moments listeners might think we don't think that, this needs to be completely behind this kid before he's thinking about football. And whatever situations got him into that need to be resolved before he's playing football. And so I just, it, it just seemed premature. It just seemed, why, why put him on now? That, that's, and I think we both think that. Yeah, I mean, I just. Oh, it's simple assault of a family member is what it, he's pleading to. Okay. Uh, <sighs> okay. The that, simple that... assault is what is being accused. So that's upsetting. Um, and and then the other player, yeah, like you said, I, I don't know if you're trying to avoid talking about what he's being charged with, but that's a. I said murder. Did I? No, I, did I you not? did not. You said he got in trouble. Very serious charge. Yeah. Very serious charge. There's a lot of smoke around that. Of I haven't read enough that, of the other stuff that's come out since the since he was arrested. I haven't. I know there's a lot of stories there and a, a lot, a lot of, of confusion. But as you said, best case scenario, he's hanging out with the wrong people, and yeah. and this is just. I I don't like like you said. I think you said it great. I don't like this stuff being around when we're if we were winning, but we're losing and the stuff is around. This is just more evidence that that guy, Justin Fuente, cannot lead this team. He cannot. He's not good. And I'm not saying every single bit of trouble should be stuck to a head coach because a head coach can't follow these kids everywhere and he can't be held responsible for everything they do. But couple it know, with we have couple it with the other. When... Yeah, no, you're right. Couple it with the. No words ever. No leaks ever. I'm running this program. I'm in charge here. And then... I don't know, Joe. Like, we we kick a guy off the team after we lose to ODU. He didn't murder somebody. We we bench a much lesser thing here on the field actions. A guy fumbles, he gets benched. We rule with an iron fist in so many other directions. How are we reinstating Devin Hunter? Well, there's no way this kid charged with murder is going to be on the team. There's no way. No, but why isn't it already taken care of? Like, I agree with you there. For a Virginia Tech football player charged with murder, like the kid doesn't need to be even having football being considered part of his life with what he is dealing with, and at best, what he's de- like the situation he's in. Like the best case scenario, he's in a terrible spot. Football doesn't need to be associated and, with his name right now. Yeah, you and I have said we need to make that decision for him. You and I have said yes, people I, deserve second chances, but it's not. You don't. There's no consequences. And I think the consequence for somebody like Devin Hunter, instead of being reinstated to the team, I'm sorry, you can't come, you can't play football here anymore. Go find another team to play for. Jamie might take you. Yeah, yeah you can't play here. And, and that needs to be the stance. And I'm okay with that. And like I said, I mean, what's Virginia Tech going to do? Lose? Okay. What's going to happen? Is UNC going to kill us if Devin Hunter doesn't play? Oh, well, they're going to do that anyway. So it doesn't matter. We're, this isn't a good program right now. And it's in part because in aptitude leadership, is running it in Justin Fuente, and it's just infuriating. It is so, so infuriating. The last uh, topic I want to hit in here on the quick hitters, none of these have been that quick, uh, Julio Jones to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's a solid football team. You had them high last year. Um, this makes their offense better. They have two deep threats at receiver now, and Julio Jones being one of the absolute best in the league, and he's still probably got two, maybe three, good years ahead of them so that can really help Tennessee to pair it with that good defense Tannehill can throw a good ball I, I think it, it really is a good move for Tennessee 
yes, it's going to be good for Tennessee because it gives them a weapon on offense in the receiver position. Uh, although they had one in A.J. Brown, uh, it, it definitely helps. They though, still to, do. It spread the ball. Spread yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it helps allow defenses not to double cover A.J. Brown and then say, OK, now what? Um, but this could be absolutely great for A.J. Brown. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's good for them on offense that I still think Tennessee needs to address the defense. That's what killed them last year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, defensively. They were strong before. I, I think they can retool that. And plus, looking at that division, especially adding Julio Jones, the Colts aren't better than them. Houston's not better than them, especially with the questions at quarterback, even though we're rooting for Tyrod. But it's a lot of – they weren't that great to begin with. And then um, uh, I have blanked on the other team in the division unacceptably here. Colts, Jags, Texans. Jaguars. Yeah, I ain't worried about the Jags. So – there it is. I'm wow. not. I'm not afraid of Urban Meyer ahead of adding Julio Jones to what Tennessee already had. No, I'm not either. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here and let's get to Patrick Height in the interview, and we'll t- finally talk some high school sports. All right. We got Patrick Height on from the Daily News Leader. Uh, we, uh, the daily newsletter is just the newsletter. I don't, I, did I just lose this my mind? Is, we, we dropped the daily, I don't know, years ago, but that's yeah, okay. Probably 30 years, years ago. Old. Yeah. Showing your age. Hey, I, 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 Hey, at least I had a paper in my hand when it still had the word daily on it. So, um, so Patrick Hyde from the newsletter, we had you on the beginning of the spring season, um, the real spring season being played in spring. Uh, and the number one thing we came away saying was we don't really know what's going to happen in, in the high school baseball. And the only thing that's been proven true since then is that no one knows what's going to happen in high school baseball. We have everybody beating everybody. Stanton started out like, Oh, and six, Oh, and five in the, in the district. They've won three games. They've beat Fort defiance and Riverheads, And I think they beat Wilson the other night. Didn't they? they? Like, I mean, they yeah. won three out of four and, and they beat three of the teams that we thought would be yes. when we, talked about this at the beginning of the year three of the teams we thought would be at the top of the district stanton has has beaten them in the, in the yeah. last uh, two weeks and they got killed i mean like riverheads they beat got, i was at that game they got beat 16 nothing and then they came back and beat them the next time uh so the top the bottom's beating the top the top's beating up on each other wilson you thought was gonna you know come around and and win the division halfway through but then they went one and two last week uh did pick up the game against riverheads on tuesday night so the way I'm seeing it, Wilson is in the driver's seat of being the representative from 3C. Does Fort Defiance? I, I, I'm questioning if Fort Defiance can make it in as a wild card. So that game Wednesday night is going to mean all sorts of things for Region 3C. Yeah, if Fort if Fort can win that game, then then that's huge. Um, yeah, obviously district championships matter to some people still, and others they don't. But but if Wilson wins that game, then they get the, the district championship outright. Right? But yep. they also get that berth to to Region Three C, which is is much more important. But if Fort can win, then who knows? All bets are off, and I have to do math, and I don't like to do math. <laughs> and, and I don't uh, I don't have my PowerPoint sheet for baseball here. So <laughs> so so yeah, if Fort can win that game, it it not only throws the the region in into turmoil, then it also Think about this: if if you if you care about the district, if if Fort can win, and if Stewart's draft can beat Riverheads, 
Then I think you got a three-way tie for the <laughs> for the top of the district. Yeah. Um, Stewart's draft needs to win that game to to have any hope. I, I've looked at the the points there, and again, I, I know that they were chasing them. Stonewall, who lost to Larray this yep. week, and and now if if Stewart's draft could have beaten Fort. They lost that game eleven to ten. I yeah, think. tight game. If they could have won game. that game, that would have been huge, uh, because obviously, you know, beating beating Fort and getting that much that would have been really good for draft. They didn't win that game, and so so you know, yeah, it's it's just a lot of. I guess maybe this is what you want if you're not a fan of any of the teams. You just like baseball, then you you've got important games down the stretch and a, a lot of what what could happen and, and nothing really decided which yeah maybe maybe we should have known this at the beginning of the year when we talked about this we said you know they're they're two years removed from these players playing so so anybody we saw in varsity the last time they play they're two years older you've got players who, who weren't part of the varsity team joining it, it's a shortened season just all of this stuff maybe this is what we should have expected just the you know everybody kind of equal and and all about the same record heading down the stretch. So Patrick, when we're talking about this spring season and, and just the sheer craziness of it uh, in particular with baseball, I, I, I want to ask you now, what did you take away from the softball side? Uh, because Fort is out in front. Wilson's up there with them, but you know, I've just been kind of impressed that when we when we saw all the craziness on the baseball side, I guess it's credit to Fort Defiance. We we thought they would be a team at the top, and they've kind of come out and taken care of business at the top. No, you're right. I, you know, I, I guess you know I said all of all of that about baseball, and we should have expected it. Well, we should have expected the same thing on a softball. We didn't get that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess maybe um, you know we had a little bit better idea thought maybe it's just a little bit going into softball of who the really strong teams were um, Fort yeah that a lot. yeah yeah so so maybe that was part of it because you know at at on, on the baseball side i think we just all kind of were scratching our heads because the the key players that we knew had either graduated or in the fort's case you know were injured and weren't playing and and so we really didn't know who the key players were going to be i thought we kind of had a better idea in softball so you know that we're, we're none of us are experts. We we all like to think uh, we are at some point, but none of us are. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, ask I'm not. about the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but I did think we had a, a maybe a little better idea in softball, and and it has kind of played out the way we we sort of thought it would. So. Well, and Lillian Barry. I mean, every night the highlight include you know the headline for Four Defiance is Lillian Barry doing something great, pitching great, hitting great, both at the same time great. Um, so she's she's lived up and that's what's really led him yeah yeah so speaking of surprises though what about on the on the boys soccer side wilson beating stanton and wilson unless they slip up here will win the shenandoah district you know i I guess it should surprise me but it it doesn't because i mean mr uh, not an expert but he's not surprised by that well (laughs) you know wilson wilson's always had it's like michael wilson Wilson's always had a strong, <laughs> yeah, not surprised by anything. <laughs> Wilson's always had a strong program, right? Now we wondered what was going to happen when when Brad Wygant left. Well, they get pretty fortunate that uh, that um, they they got um, Harrison in there. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, I mean, he came from a, from the Riverheads program where he was tremendously successful. Um, and he's done a good job at, at Wilson. I thought, um, it, it helped that he knows, he knew a lot of the, the kids too. It wasn't like they had to get to, to know him. He's, he's coached in, in travel soccer and everything else around here. And he knew a lot of the, the, the Wilson kids, um, and so, yeah, so they're good. I mean, I saw those two play. I didn't get to see them play this past uh, this week, but I did see them play the first time when they ended up in a uh, in, in a tie or a draw, I, I guess is the proper mm-hmm. terminology in Correct. soccer. Correct. Don't cross the show with terminology <laughs> on soccer on the pitch. <laughs> but um, but they both played extremely well. And and I think now going into the postseason, it's still the same thing Wilson and Fort always face in whatever, whatever sport it is. You got to go into three C you got to play those bigger schools and those tougher teams. And so I think, you know, Wilson, as good as they are, they're going to have it uh, a tough, tough row ahead of them. But Stanton Stanton could, could get, you know, they, they've got a real shot to get back to the States. I think uh, yeah. I know Clark County's ahead of them in the region, so they'd have to eventually go and play probably at Clark County, but they've gone on the road before. They have, and, and this Stanton team is really good. I mean, they're, they're great. They they know these kids. They all knew what it was like. Some of them were part of that state championship team. The others were around those, and and I think they're just developing a culture there in Stanton of yeah. of really good uh, boys soccer. Yeah, but I mean, they've been on the road, but they haven't had to deal with the cicadas, so that's going to be tough. <laughs> Does that cause problems in soccer? Is that uh... they're going to be uh, cicadas are everywhere, Patrick? Don't you? Okay. My gosh! Why don't you go up the road a little bit? You can come with me to Percival Sunday. Yeah, you'll see cicadas. <laughs> I keep hearing about them up in there in that in that part of the uh, of the state, but I haven't seen any down here, and I'm, I'm a little I'm disappointed st- to be honest. So I'm staying down. I'm here. thankful. I'm thankful. I remember them 17 years ago, which makes me feel old, but. I remember the last time they were out. I hated them then, and I hate them. I hated them the one day I had to deal with them. <laughs> and Joe, you you feel old because you are. So there. yeah, I'm I'm glad that 17 years ago is like something you can remember. I'm glad you weren't like three then. That's <laughs> that would have really made me feel bad if you had said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I was All right. I was in high school, so yeah. So <laughs> jumping out of uh, I guess I wasn't um, jumping out of. <laughs> Uh, the high school sports. We already talked about every aspect of this, but it, it's such the dominant force of the local sports landscape this last weekend. The JMU women softball team at the Women's World Series. I, it was just wasn't this the best? I I, I can't think of a college team and just doing making this kind of shakeup from our state. Uh, it, anytime in my lifetime. I just, everybody was on board. Um, everybody, it was so fun to cheer for them. I feel like I was a little more invested than, than most because we had watched Megan good, like, like you had. And, and we knew these same players back when they played then and to see them finally get to the world series and then perform at such a great level when they got there and winning those two games. What, what were your thoughts from, from JMU's run there in Oklahoma city? Yeah. You mentioned the, the Megan good connection and, and, yeah, I think I, I felt even more connected to it because I was paying such close attention and doing stories and up there and, and from Stanton, you know, typically we're not going to pay a whole lot of attention to, to JMU softball during the regular season. But when Megan Good was up there, we did. And so I remember Odyssey Alexander coming in as a yeah. freshman 
Um, yeah. And so that was the really cool part about that is that, you know, um, it, it just remember her when she when she first came in there and she was kind of learning. Uh, Megan was the star and Odyssey's kind of there to, to be the backup pitcher and, and, and learn for Megan. So and that even Yonsei of, Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was a lot of fun to, to, to know that. And then to watch them this year. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't remember a story from a from a college in this area or around the state. Yeah. generating that kind of support when you're getting tweets from Terrell Owens, uh, the Seattle Mariners, <laughs> yeah, uh, just tons of, of, of huge sports stars and personalities tweeting about them. I think that's great. And I um, mean, you know, I saw a tweet tonight that from somebody that said they were at a, a, a youth uh, boys baseball game and all the, all the boys could talk about was JMU softball. So yeah. You know, I'm not naive enough to believe that this totally changes the way we look at women's sports, but I think it's a step in the right direction, and it's going to help maybe get some of these young boys to say, hey, you know, women can play this sport, can play well, sports, make it exciting, and, and it's fun to watch. Fun and to and watch, hopefully yeah. as they grow, they, 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 they continue to, to follow that. And so, yeah, I, I just don't think there's a bad – I don't think there's anything bad at all that came out of this. It was a wonderful experience. Um, yeah. Do I, do I wish they could have still been playing and uh, sure, been up yeah. against Florida State? That would have been amazing. But, hey, they they accomplished about more than most people thought they would. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, just an incredible run. Yeah, nothing negative to say. I mean, there, there's no justification. There's no, you know, but still or anything. I mean, they absolutely played great, awesome, can't ask for anything more other than, you know, odyssey's toenails everything was great you know just <laughs> everything was great yep all right so the last time you were on i think we were pointing you in some directions of some shows to watch uh what have you done and where are you going succession was one of the the um shows oh, yeah. you did. um i you stuck with it i did i watched the first three episodes and i was like i think i tweeted you i was like uh, I don't know. I don't really like any of these characters. I can't imagine that <laughs> I'm going to be invested in a show where I hate <laughs> every character. And no, the thing is, that didn't change. I still hated every character, yeah. except the storyline was just so good. I couldn't stop watching. So so once I got into like the fourth or fifth episode of season one, then I was like, I just got to keep watching and watching it. And, and I think on the last, I don't know, it was a Saturday morning and I had like four episodes left and I just said, uh, that's it. I'm going to watch all four. I don't care. Yes. My, my, wife, my wife was still asleep. I was up early. I got stuff to do. I don't care. I'm watching all four. And I, I loved it. So, yeah, I am into that and now excited about season three. Um, and then after that, I watched um, I stayed with HBO Max and watched uh, the mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. Have yeah. you guys either one of you seen that? No, it's been recommended to me. I haven't. I like it was really good. Now, you know, it's 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 a murder mystery, but in a way there's a and there's a lot of drama involved in it, too. And um, I, I just thought uh, Kate, uh, Kate Winslet, um, mm-hmm. yeah. she's the one Titanic, right? Which right. I've never seen Titanic. I'll admit that here. I've never, ever seen that movie. Oh, wow. but, Is it like a protest? Is that like a Love political it. stance here? Or? Yes. Oh, it's, it's one of those things where I, I never saw it, never saw it. And then it got to the point where. Well, I would tell people I hadn't seen it, and they were like so surprised. And then, now I'm just like, I put my, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it now because, <laughs> because it, yeah. 
I've gone this long without seeing it. I can make it the rest of my life without seeing Titanic. If global warming um, was real, they would have never hit that iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, the show the show is great. I I liked Mirror of Easttown, and um, I, I think I even recommended it to my wife. I don't think she's watched it yet, but she's into all the murder shows and the the true crime oh, stuff. Yeah, I, I think I might end up dead at some point, but um, but I suggested that to her, and so I don't know if she's watched it yet or not. But but I enjoyed it, so that's where I'm at. I just finished that um, this past weekend. I watched 24 hours of Dan Levitard. I took the day off Friday, just, oh, to, just I for that. Wow! <laughs> and and I watched. I, honestly, I think I watched about 22 of the 24 hours. I dozed a wow. couple of times, but. I was able to watch almost all of it. Um, so that's it. That's my viewing habits for the last uh, the last few weeks. I love it because I wanted to and I, I just couldn't. I was at work. <laughs> I, I didn't take off like an idiot. So I went to work <laughs> and um, then I but in my head, I was like, oh, well, when it's over, I'll just be able to watch and just piece <laughs> it out and not, you know, binge in a couple hours here and there. And they're like, oh, actually, because the file is so large, uh, it's not super easy to do that. We'll get it up eventually, but we're not sure when. And I was like, oh, man. Um, so I only got through, like, the first three and a half hours before, like, it cut off. And I was like, uh-oh. So um, <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces. I've heard bits and pieces as they've done the show this week that sound amazing and I want to see. Um, but, uh I'm so jealous. It was, it was worth it. It was worth taking off the day. I, I had enough vacation. Nothing great was happening on Friday for work anyway. So I just said, forget it. I'm taking off. And I told my wife ahead of time, I was like, I'm taking off. I'm watching this show. Don't bother me for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love I mean, it. I'm, I'm making fun of you guys for like talking about taking off for Dan Levitard. I, I was on vacation last week, so I the JMU girls, I got to see uh, what I needed to see uh, Thursday and Friday. So when it got to Monday, when the games get pushed to a 4 p.m. game, I was like, yeah, I'm checking out of work early, man. I was like, I know I've been on vacation. Last, you know, I, I'm coming back. We have a lot going on. Uh, he saw me a little bit at the end of last week, but still, it was a Friday. I was like, or uh, Monday afternoon, I was like, I got to go. I got to I gotta be at home at 4 o'clock, so. It worked out. I wasn't home. I wasn't. I was on the road when Kate Gordon hit that homer, but I saw the rest of it. And uh, so I, I'm not. Early. I'm not judgmental. Yeah. But uh, so, so that's good. And now I need more suggestions, I guess, because now I need more shows to to watch. Startups. Yeah, it's, it's probably time for a West Wayne Ross, right? You know, it's, it's startup. <laughs> startup on Netflix is pretty good. What, what is it? It's called Startup. I just startup. finished it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. I might um, talk about Peaky Blinders too. And uh, well, he's he not Peaky doing Blinders, it. I thought. No, I've I've watched. I don't know what happened. I enjoyed the oh, season. Watch that first. Whatever I watched, yeah. and then I stopped. So, yeah, watch Peaky Blinders I, first. It's better. Okay. Okay. Um, I will. I will do that. Um, but and here's and, my thing. When you said you finally watched the session, here's my theory on shows. It's not a hundred percent true, but it's a general rule of thumb. If it has a good theme song that I can like, I really like. <laughs> it's usually a good show. Justified. Right, I love like the theme them. song in that. Uh, West Wing is a great theme song. Game of Thrones. Now, I will Friday say, Night Lights. Final Few. I don't remember Friday Night Lights. I didn't watch the show. Um, and then uh, Succession. Between Titanic with Patrick and you and Friday Night Lights. 
What are, what are we doing? I watched the movie Friday Night Lights. The TV show Friday Night Lights can go kick rocks. I, I don't care. Uh, I have not watched the movie or the TV show, but I did read the uh, books. Who am I talking to right Nerd. now? Nerd! That <laughs> <laughs> was great. And by the way, the 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 West Wing theme song is the uh, the ringtone on my phone. Oh wow! I almost want to call you just to hear it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty cool that I, I I get that and it rings occasionally and and people are like, what is that? Like you know, obviously most people aren't as hardcore West Wing right. watchers as as us, but they're like, yeah, that it sounds familiar. What is that? The West Office Wing. is another good one. I mean. Yeah, no. So yeah, you're right. It's it good things. Family matters. Family matters. Sanford and Son. <laughs> Love Sanford and Son's theme song. Step by step, you know that was a great theme song, but the it show did yeah, the no. there. Suzanne Summers ain't doing it. All right. <laughs> Let's get you out of here, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, uh, and we look forward to having you on again. We'll probably leave you alone until it's time for the fall, and we can uh, get ready for a regular school year of high school sports where we don't smash everything in to five months. I'm looking forward to that, and and you say you're going to leave me alone until then, like it's a long time, but here we are um, in, in early June, and we're only – we're, we're only like two months away from the start of school year. And uh, so, so not, not very long until, until the, uh, the fall sports season is here. And, and I can't wait. Yep. Uh, so are we not talking to Patrick during the Olympics? Say it one more time. We're not going to talk to him during the Olympics. Do you watch the Olympics, I, Patrick? I do. Yeah, so I love yeah. If Stanton's winning the state championship in soccer, we'll probably talk to him in three weeks. So I don't, I don't know why I said we're not going to talk to him. We'll probably, we'll probably talk to him four times between now and the fall. I don't you, know what you're going to say. You, you've just discounted all the, uh, all the Augusta County and Stanton teams from winning any, anything in the. Yeah, that was season, Leland. Right? That was not. It me. might I have been believe a subconscious thing right there. I believe in our teams. Right <laughs> I in a, our teams. I'm a, I'm there. a true believer. Leland is the one that hates you guys. Track. Yeah, Joe, Joe is a either. true believer. Yeah. We have a track coming up. I'm at. I'm going to regional track uh, on uh, on Wednesday, uh, the Region Two B track, and we've got some really good track performers that could win state championships this year. So don't forget about track. We're probably talking about next week because we have not talked about track all year. So so, Patrick, I look forward to you coming on many times in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. And uh, can't wait. And and we'll and you better. Binge quickly because we we need to be past these uh, other shows that you yeah. haven't binged properly. So thanks for coming on this week. We look forward to having you next time. Thanks, guys. T block time here on the Yak Sports Podcast. Thanks again for Patrick Height coming on, uh, talking high school sports, also talking JMU. Always good to hear from Patrick. And yeah, we'll have him on um, sooner than the end of uh, the summer. I'm sure that uh, I was just trying to give him a break. We, we lean on Patrick, uh, but we appreciate him coming on even last minute as it was this week. So D block, let's cut her down to just what you need to know. And the reason we're cutting it down, because this is a bigger topic. We've talked about the college football playoff many times on this podcast, usually ending in strong debates where sometimes we've been mad at each other at the end of them uh, for moments, but then we move on. The 
college football playoff looking to expand. The news broke uh, late Sunday, I believe. I think this, this news has been around for about a day now. And what they're looking at is everybody's kind of agreeing that a 12-team playoff is the way to expand. No one's happy with the idea of eight. And uh, between uh, commissioners of conference input, uh, 12 seems to be what everybody wants. And there's some sense to that. When it's eight, um, you actually would end up with less at-large teams because you're going to have the five or six um, uh, automatic bids. And then you would only have two or three at-large bids. Right now, they look at the college football playoff as four at-large bids. No one's an automatic qualifier. So they don't want to have less at-large bids. That's how it's explained. So they want to go to 12. You'd still have the advantage for the top four to have the bye. And then you'd get all your conference champions of the power five or six, however they land there, uh, because they basically look at the power five conference and the top finisher from a non-power five would be automatically in. Not each conference winner from all these different conferences. And then you'd have the rest be at largest. So that's how they're laying it out. They still have a lot to go through here. But they're really seriously talking about expanding to 12 teams. The next week, there is two different um, big-time meetings happening that this will be the main topic. The first by the commissioners of the mainly the Power Five and Notre Dame. Um, and I think the non-Power Five is represented there. But they all have a meeting, then it'll get presented to the presidents. It will not change in the next two seasons. We will play out 21 and 22 seasons with the current system. But then ESPN would be able to have first rights to this expanded playoff because they're still contracted for like seven more years, I think. But that's all the talk of college football right now. So, Joe, when we when I put this on the notes, you actually hadn't heard much about this. No. What do you think? That what, you know, I told you what you need to know. What is your first reactions to what I've said? It's better. I'm still disappointed. They're just never I thought they wanted the regular season to matter. If you want the regular season to matter, less at largest should be, you know, your big thing. They, the reaction to that from the guy that I was listening to on Paul Feinbaum this evening was they think this helps their conference championship game. Because that automatic qualifier, because currently you don't have the definition of an automatic qualifier for those conference championship games. So this all of a sudden makes your Pac-12 championship game mean something where it hasn't the last couple of years because no one from the Pac-12 is making it the last couple of years. Yeah. So now yeah. this puts somebody in the playoff and it makes that stronger. Um, I would. They're just never going to put every conference winner in. They're just not going to. They don't want. They'd rather have the third place SEC team in than the Sun Belt champion in general. Maybe an undefeated Sun Belt champion that is the best of the non-power five might be a different case. But in general, they don't want San Jose State in there. They want Auburn. Then don't and tell I, me the reason the playoff is the way it is is because they want the regular season to matter. Because you don't. Because if you did, only conference champions, conference champions would take 10 of those spots. And then you'd have two at-larges. Then it really matters. Because if you're not going to win your conference, you better be pretty bleeping good. Yeah. They're not going to do it that way. No, they won't because they don't want to. That's all this is proving. And and, then that's what I that's been the genesis of my main argument against what you're saying was I more argue that how they're not going to do it. And and the way of having everybody included, they're just never they're not going to do that. It's just 
they have no desire for and that. I think it's offensive. I think it's terrible. But I, this is more inclusive, but it's not it's not representative. I think this can postpone. I keep, you know, the main rebuttal I get, you know, on the streets having this argument is, well, why don't they just make a, you know, a league that's just the power five or, you know, power five plus a couple teams and and go do your own thing. I think this delays that if they actually do expand this playoff, I think this does delay the a breakaway from the with the power five. And um, I think it's I think it's better for the whole of college sports to not have that breakaway. I think having that breakaway sets up a divide across a lot of layers of, of college athletics that I don't know if it's healthy. So I, I'm not saying the NCAA is some perfect system, but outside of football, you do get more inclusivity that you're looking for. Football is just like, like usual football is the odd dog and dominates, you know, they eat first. That's, that's what the ACC commissioner says. And that's absolutely accurate. I, I think it's better to have it more of a whole than, than have those power fives break away. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a negative thing to say about this. Just like when you argued that the, the current playoff system stinks. Well, yeah, change it. I'm still going to watch. I'm not the person they're worried about watching. I'm watching in October either way, much less December. I'm going to be watching either way. It doesn't matter. They're, they're trying to make sure they own those eyeballs what helped what really drove this talk being different now. And it goes back to one of the arguments that I've made is that CBS has a, has less of a chair at the table. Now CBS lost their sec rights to ESPN uh, starting after next year. And ESPN owning a bigger chunk of this is what has allowed this conversation for the playoff to expand grow because ESPN can sit there and say, well, I already own the sec and I'll own this playoff. We're happy either way with however this works. We own it all. We own the top level of all this talk. Um, so that's really a big driver in this conversation on the media side that's allowed for this with CBS having less of a share. So, Yeah, and, and that's fine. Um, I agree with you on the breakaway being bad because the people who want the breakaway, and I've said at times I just wish they would go ahead and do it if they're going to do it, but the, the people who don't like the NCAA and say they need to break away from the NCAA and do their own thing, the, the biggest complaint, they have about the NCAA is that it operates like a business. Well, what do you think the power five schools are going to do if they break away from the NCAA? Absolute it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be even, it's going to be like that on steroids. It's, it would be that soccer thing that was about to happen. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe they pay, maybe they pay the athletes a little bit, but it's still not going to be this, the amount that you want. And it's going to be even more of just, money oodles and oodles of dollars going into this thing which i think is honestly i think that's the biggest problem with college sports i think there's too much money in it now i think they need less but that's <laughs> well, who's, whatever who's gonna no one's gonna that, do that, that yeah no one's gonna do that so <laughs> i'm not even gonna waste my time on that but yeah the one thing i do like too about scheduling for this the logistics it looks like a lot of ways for this to work out because they still want some kind of time period in December, like a week where there's not a, any games. I think that week zero that like right now you maybe get oh, one gosh. team that you recognize. We're going to see like week zero really be the start of college football season. So, and they'll, they'll adjust what they call it at that point. Um, you know, they added in the week zero for these created games and, and these different matchups or these teams that have 
um, you know, that have to travel to Hawaii and all this different stuff. I, you're going to see week zero be the real start of college football season, which I like. Go ahead and start it a week earlier. Go ahead and, 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 and start it a week earlier. If we're having any college football, I'd rather have great football. You're still going to get those Labor Day weekend big-time matchups. Honestly, week zero is probably where they're going to dump some of those FCS games and, and, and have them as the play-up, like the, the warm-up game. But I'd rather go ahead and let's get the top 25 active in, in week zero instead of just one or two of them. So I think that's a positive. I think there's a lot of positives in this. And um, it's hard to bat this back and say it's negative. Like, it's more decent matchups. I think the top four still has the advantage of having that bye week. So I still think there's an advantage of being the elite of the elite. And you're also you're you're giving those teams the, a strong advantage to still be the top four teams, the top four teams left. And it won't be perfect. We're still going to see some upset where though one of those teams or two of those teams get knocked off. But you're still going to have two of the top four every single year still still in it. But that's what we already have. And so now you're at least given a little bit of competition for it. I'm fine with that. I'm not against that. It gives an opportunity for Ohio State, Clemson and Alabama not to just sit on top every single year and it be more than just that four seed being the thing in question. And and you'll play it out on the field. I'm not against playing it out on the field. So I'm 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 interested. I'm interested to see if if it goes through right now. At some point, we're going to see this some version of what we just said. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if it goes through. But yeah, I'm interested. I'm I'm just finding it interesting that what you're saying, because I do remember the last time we had this conversation on this podcast, I believe you had said that expanding the playoff would kill the regular season. And now you're saying it's good because it, the regular season still matters. I I don't think I said any of those words. I just said, that's why they're, that's what they're saying. I can see what their point is. I said, I'll still watch this. I do think it takes away from November. I think that first week of November when LSU plays Alabama, it means less now. Um, it doesn't mean I won't watch it that game or the games in December. I, I, I don't, I don't see where I've contradicted myself completely here. I, I'm going to watch whatever they produce and I see some positives here. I a hundred percent still think though, it makes regular season sec games less meaningful when we just know that three sec teams are going to be in this involved in this playoff. Yeah. Which again is why I think they should do the every conference champion. If they really want the regular season. To I don't, I just still remain. I don't give a crap, especially a non power five team with some losses. I really don't need to see them in a playoff. I really don't. I, I don't. I, if there's some logistical thing that you want to make it, I, I would love it. If it's if you're an undefeated non-power five, you're automatically in. Let's have at it. Fine. You, but you got to be undefeated. I just don't need to see a two-loss Sun Belt champion in there. I don't need to see a two-loss. And I'm sure West if we Coast asked Conference folks in Charlottesville, in they didn't need to see a double-digit loss MAC champion in the March Madness tournament. But they did, and they lost. Okay, and then what happened? I'm just saying that's why we love March Madness, right? So, yeah, I I don't think we don't love college football. I mean, it's the highest rated college sport. It's the highest rated thing other than the NFL. I I, I don't think it's hurting for eyeballs as it is with the four team playoff. So I'm fi- I'm fine with them expanding. I'm not against the expansion. I never I don't want 16 teams. I definitely don't want 16. I probably where I've contradicted myself in this argument, maybe not today, is I probably said okay, just eight then, just eight. After hearing 
people other than you make points that are relevant. Wow. <laughs> say why they didn't like the eight. It made sense of why they aren't going to go that way. Uh, you know, like, does it matter to me that there's only three at large bids compared or two at large bids compared to the four they have now? It's all terminology and, and um, how they view things. It, it doesn't matter. I'd watch that too, though. That's 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 my thing. I'm going to watch whatever they produce. They can make a 32-team playoff. I'm going to watch this thing. So it doesn't matter. I it does it does make the regular season mean less. I, I'm not coming off that. It, but I think the fact that they said they want fewer, they're not going to go for fewer at large teams than they have now, tells you that they don't care about that argument. That argument's not a real argument. That argument's a fake argument. They tell you so you don't ask for more people at the table. The reason I don't ask for more people at the table is because I of the point that I keep saying that I I could give a crap about San Jose State playing in a postseason game. I, I'm sorry. But, but these other conferences, right, they never get to be good if they're not given a chance. That's my point. If you let these teams in. Nobody that decides JMU that would never be in. If college softball had the same kind of rules, JMU would not be at Oklahoma City. Nobody would be talking about Odyssey Alexander. Nobody would be talking about these other schools. They'd be like, the CAA, who cares? That league sucks. They've never done anything in their entire pathetic lives. So JMU wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have this great story. That's what I'm saying. Let the football teams have the story. Let them get in there. Yeah, nine times out of ten, they get murdered. It happens. They're in a bad Way conference. More, but more, give, more them, that give, them, too, but. give them the chance. Give them the opportunity to build their prestige and then get kids in and say, hey, we can get on national TV too. And then yeah. when they're in national TV and they get an upset, then you have the story. That's my you point. Have a good story. You have a good story that everybody from JMU hated. They didn't want to be Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, they well, didn't want to be that, yeah, that but that's story. soft-minded people who don't know what that word means. You don't but hear still, Loyola com- complaining about being called Cinderella. But still, Joe, who do we got? Who do we got? In the, Gonzaga in the would never World be Series. Gonzaga if March Madness did the same thing. Who do we got in the College World Series now? We got Oklahoma and Florida State. It's not exactly different than what people were expecting. Gonzaga was in the men's national championship. Gonzaga's not allowed to be Gonzaga unless March Madness is set up the way it is. No one cares yeah. about the West Coast Conference. I, I don't see anybody allowing <laughs> in college football for the equivalent to ever happen. Like, there's never, like, Gonzaga's football team is never going to come. Uh, they just won't allow it to happen. There's not a, there's not a system that they'll approve that will that, allow it to happen. But that's my point. The regular season, quote-unquote, it's not going to matter, isn't what they're scared of. They're scared of someone else taking away what's theirs. That's why it won't happen. Well, they're also scared when those those football teams that are lesser get in there and the ratings dip like hell. That's what they're trying to avoid. They get so much more ad money, uh, guaranteed ad money, when they can get when they know that you're going to have Alabama and the national perennial ones in there. That's what they that's what they want in, in in football, where there's only so many games that can be played. When you can throw sixty four teams at a tournament, it, it, the priorities are different. It's a different logistical solution. Yeah, but the ESPN and the TV isn't what's, you know, determining how many teams make the playoffs. It's they the have an incredibly the huge They have an influence. They have influence. I'm not arguing that. Large but they're not the ones the, that make the rules. If the NCAA tomorrow said we want every conference champion in, then ESPN would say, no, we're not going to put on the college football playoff then. I mean, they bury the FCS playoff games 
that like half the games. They only put that North Dakota State game and now the JMU games just recently because they finally established that on on an ESPN that everybody gets. And then they shove the other ones to ESPNU and ESPN Plus. Like they're going to do that with FBS. If you put every college football championship uh, champion in there, they're going to shove some games on ESPNU for sure. Well, yeah, I understand the logistics of that because of how many games are being played. But well, ESPNU, like the viewer, like the carriage for ESPNU is incredibly lower than ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that don't have ESPN2 still. Like, I mean, not a, a lot. A lot of people get ESPN2, but like the numbers go down with EHP, each ESPN. And I actually you go disagree down. because if it's the same number of games as in this 12 team playoff, I think they would just put them on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC. But they don't. They, the people that make the decisions don't care about showing San Jose State playing any of the big boys. They'd much rather show It's because Auburn San Jose State Ohio will State. always be San Jose State because they're not allowed to be anything else, because the Power Five conferences they, they don't, don't want, want them, them to, to be, be anything yes. else. That's the yeah. And that's my point, Leland. It's not that, you know, oh, well, you know, it's really going to dilute the regular season. That. It's they diluting control, like, this. I, it's, it's that they don't want to give up any of their power. That's always been my argument with this, and that's been my problem. It's not representative. It's not representative. This is more inclusive, but it's not representative. Shocker. Money decides everything, and that's why this is never going to change. I, like, I'm not even arguing against the point you're making there. You always come back to that. I'm not arguing that. The people that decide are I'm the, just saying the, you're not helping. You're not helping, though, when you say, I don't need to see what? San Jose State. Because I don't care about watching San Jose State play ever. And some ever. dude who lives in Oklahoma said before this weekend, I don't need to see James Madison. Who the hell is James Madison? That's my played, point. So if you want to be. in a weekend and you can't play five football games in a weekend. You don't have to play five football games in a weekend. You're putting the same number of playoff teams in, Leland. And this is how the podcast always ends when we do this. So. <laughs> It's just like they're not gonna they're not gonna put Alabama to play six playoff games to decide this. It's not and six playoff games. It's the same damn number. Twelve. You have ten bleeping conferences. Those are your ten automatic qualifiers. There's two at larges because you want the regular season to matter. So you get two at larges. The third ranked SEC team. That well, the then the third ranked SEC team should have been the second best SEC team. <laughs> it's just. The logic of what you're saying, I'm not arguing. They're just not going to do this, and I'm fine with it. I'm much more interested in watching these teams that I watch during the regular season produce good football games. And I'm glad that that mentality that you have, I'm glad that that mentality you have is hypocritical and it doesn't follow other sports because then we wouldn't have some of these great college moments in other tournaments that we have. Football logistically operates completely different than these sports that can play multiple games in a weekend. And you can play Odyssey Alexander can pitch in eight games in two weeks. And you don't like you can't play that many football unless you want the season to go into March. And they've and they've I'm very, not asking for any more playoff. Teams. They don't want the NCAA football teams to play 16 games. They're trying to avoid everything for them playing 16 football games, much less more than that. I mean, they're they're trying to give those top four teams a, a week by. I'm not asking for any more playoff teams than they're going to create. 
I'm just asking how they select them to be different. I'm asking for everyone to go into the season saying we have a chance if we win our conference to get into the tournament and make some noise and make a name for our school and okay. make a good representation for our school. That's what I'm asking. I You don't watch J- JMU football because it doesn't matter during the race. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not big. Yeah, because I don't care about I, an like, SCS championship. Watch, you're not going to watch these lower power five conferences. Like, you're not going to watch those games when they're not as good. But if I know they're going to a playoff game and they if they get hot or whatever – then they could upset somebody. I'll watch that. I don't. Uh, again, we're 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 applying the logic of what they're deciding here on how you and I watch. We're gonna watch either way, both of them. We're watching what they put on now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they they, maybe this year watch. I won't watch. They want my sister to watch. Maybe they want this year I won't watch because I know it's going to be Clemson and Alabama. I don't need to watch any games. I know Clemson's playing Alabama. But you do. But maybe I won't. Th- maybe this year I don't. Maybe this year I stay. I don't watch it. It's I gonna enjoy something else. It's going to make a hell of a podcast else. when you don't watch the college Good. football playoff. Good. I can't wait. I'm going to say, <laughs> you know what? This college football playoff is a sham. I'm not watching it. It's run by a <laughs> well, criminal. This- it's run by a cartel in the Power <laughs> Five conferences. I said I didn't want to have the same old argument in this segment. We said the same old argument. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed me and Joe yelling at each other. For some reason, this is the one we get fired up the most about. Even though I I think a lot of the points you make, I don't disagree with the logic that you're saying. I'm just saying it ain't going to happen. Like, why, why waste yeah, and the, but But the part <laughs> I get mad at is when you say, I we don't need to see money. San Jose State. I don't need to see San Jose State. And that's where I get mad because I don't I don't care about San Jose State as San Jose State. But I want San Jose State to have that chance to build their program and actually build it into a contender like a Gonzaga, like hopefully a JMU softball turns into. Then they need to do what TCU did. They need to do they need to spend. Yeah, but they shouldn't have to move to a power five conference to do that. They should be able to do it in their own conference. Each conference should be able to be a conference that has play other teams in their conference to spend more money. Like, how do you just make, you know what I'm going to say about this? How about we just have a power four? Cause I've only ever seen four conferences actually show up to a college. You know what? Power three. I've only ever seen three conferences look respectable in the college football playoffs. So the big 12 and pac 12 you're in the G it's a G seven now because you suck. Oh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are supposed to mean something because they get in the college football playoff and get their ass handed to them. Yeah, what an impress, what an impressive accomplishment. But, in, it, but if you look at the BCS era, Oklahoma has won national championships. Oh, but we're in the college football playoff now, Leland. It's, it's a new era, and they suck. They are scenario. horrible. They suck. Okay. Then Waynesboro Generals are horrible, and they suck because they've played three of these games, and they've just lost them all. Like, it's a small, it's five years, it's a small sample size. Five years is a whole class of kids. They don't have it anymore. They're not any good. Get them out. It's the power three now. It's the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten. And everybody else, good luck. How come you come up with these scenarios where, like, people are going to accept having less money? And, ha- and like, it's just not going to happen. Why are you wasting time pining over this? Like, it is not – it's just not going to happen. And I think that's my argument. I just argue, like – I use reality in my argument and like that's I'm saying we- I'm saying the power five isn't an actual power five. I'm saying the Pac-12 is not better than the AAC. I'm saying the Big 12 isn't better than the AAC. 
the AAC is not going to be in that Power 5 automatic qualifiers. That's what's wrong so here. Version I heard was the best non-Power 5 team is automatically in. Yeah. The top ranked. So that gives the AAC So the Big 12 right team there. better be really good. They better go undefeated, huh? Otherwise, they shouldn't get in because they're not, they're not one of the five best conferences in the country. They haven't been in the last two or three years. But they're going to be considered a power five, and that's my problem. Yeah, because and all when the money is there. And oh, I don't need to see San Jose table. State. I don't they're need to see Abbey State. Yeah. I don't need to see Coastal Carolina. The people Carolina. with the money are the ones deciding who makes money. That, that's not going to change, Joe. Like, like, your scenarios have people wanting to make less money, and I, I just don't see why that's, like, I think, I think it's allowing more people at the table, which is what they really don't want. They want all the money. They just don't want other people to get in on it. The NCAA doesn't want the Cinderella to make it past the second weekend because the ratings dip so bad. When George Mason was in the Final Four, it was the lowest rated Final Four game in like a decade. They, they don't even want that in that tournament that you put on a pedestal right there. They love it first weekend because they pump Cinderella first weekend, but they know the ratings drop the longer those teams last, they don't want them there. They, they want Duke and Kentucky and UNC and the blue bloods. They want those teams in the final weekend. They don't want George Mason in the final week. They don't want VCU in the final weekend. And I guess I'm just glad that that's been established. The tournament March madness has already been established. So they can't turn back the clock and say, well, you know, we all know that they're actually not one of the four best teams. So we're going to not let them be in the tournament anymore because you know, we don't want, one of the teams. It's been established. Steal a yeah, spot. that's why the football is not going to do something stupid and establish something that's going to allow that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and that's my problem. That's why I hate college football. So, I love college football. It's Can't wait dumb. For I hate it. College softball is way better. Anyway, watch watch soccer that happens at weird hours and I that's have to wake right. Up early it's inclusive. Everybody it. has a chance. Now, that's a sport also dominated by money, but technically, <laughs> and they, everyone and they tried has a to chance make it into something more like America. Yeah, and I hated it. <laughs> Because I hate what we do. Yeah, go ahead. Close this out. All right, let's out. get out of here. That's uh, been a long one. Glad you stuck with us for the argument. Uh, follow us at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Yak Sports Pod at gmail.com is how you email us. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify. Make sure you tell your friends. We have a lot of fun stuff playing for this summer. We're still going to wrap up these high school sports, but we have some, some uh, segments that have been suggested by people, and we're going to get those in and uh, revisit some old topics over the summer. So stick with us through the summer. We'll also start previewing the fall uh, early in the summer to make sure we're ready and have all of you guys ready for fall sports to be as scheduled. We can't wait. So make sure you listen to us next week and on forward on the Yak Sports Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week.